Hey friends, if you are listening to this episode in the spring of 2023, I want you to know that I'm offering an online solstice celebration practice this year, and it's open to everyone. Solstices and equinoxes are great times to get quiet, reflect, and hear that inner voice of wisdom. In addition to gentle movement, restorative shapes, and guided relaxation, this class will include reflection questions and the whole practice can be done in bed. Sometimes the ability to relax into the support of your own bed is exactly what you need in order to relax your mind and hear more clearly that inner voice. I sure hope you'll consider joining us. The link is in the show notes. Hello friends and welcome to Swimming and Singing. I'm Sarah Nelson. I'm a certified yoga therapist and yoga teacher, and I specialize in working online with people who think they are too tired, too busy, too anxious, or in too much pain to do yoga. I use the traditional tools of yoga along with modern technology to help you create a more easeful and joyful life by helping you remember your connection to mind, body, and spirit. If that sparks your interest, head on over to my website and grab the free guide to creating a yoga habit for exhausted perfectionists. The name of my podcast comes from a beloved poem written by Gregory Orr and is a reminder that some days it's all we can do to tread water and then other days there is room for joy. This podcast aims to share practices for both types of days. In today's episode, I chat with yoga and mindfulness teacher Chelsea Hudspeth, known online as Mother Mellows. Chelsea and I first met about a year ago via a free online training we were both taking. In the past year, as I've followed Chelsea online, I've been so inspired by her enthusiasm for sharing the practices of yoga, as well as how she shows up authentically on social media. She really models the practices of self-care while caregiving. Chelsea and I have such a sweet chat about mindfulness, entrepreneurship, parenting, and how the heck to fit mindfulness into an already full to overflowing schedule. Chelsea even shares some great tips and apps to help get you started. Chelsea Hudspeth is a native Arkansan, a wife, a mother of three young girls, a certified yoga instructor, a certified mental health first aider, and a multifaceted entrepreneur. She is a fierce advocate for authenticity, respect, and appreciation for self and others. She's passionate about helping people find love, light, and grace for themselves and empowering them to know and claim their right to rest, good health and wellness through the practices of yoga, meditation, and mindfulness. 
This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody, but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more joy and ease into your life. Let's get to it. Hi, Chelsea, and welcome to Swimming and Singing. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be a part of Swimming and Singing. Swimming is like one of my favorite pastimes, so, um, and singing in the shower is kind of another pastime, so it feels good to me. (laughs) Perfect. I love it. (laughs) It's great to have you. Um, So we're talking this season about mindfulness, and um, I know that that is a specialty of yours, and so I would love to hear you, um, hear your thoughts around, around mindfulness and what it is. I think sometimes people have a really... um, specific idea of what mindfulness is and I would love to hear what how you define it yeah so mindfulness the definition of mindfulness is kind of tricky because some people do have a really specific um, definition but I honestly feel like mindfulness is something that's adaptable to everybody's personal experience Um, because what's mindful to me may not necessarily be considered mindful Mm -hmm. to someone else But to like just sum it up into like one word or one short phrase, to me, mindfulness is just being aware of what's going on in your mind (laughs) and how what's going on in your mind informs your thoughts, your feelings and your actions um, and how it informs how you perceive others' thoughts, feelings and actions and how they affect you internally. Because when you become aware of those kind of things, you begin to have mindfulness, you begin to have awareness and thoughtfulness about, you know, how it's affecting your your thoughts, your mm-hmm. feelings, your emotions, and you can adjust accordingly so that it makes your life easier or that you can cope better or understand better. Um, you get to use the awareness to apply to your life daily, um, to apply it to your life daily in a way that makes life easier and more joyful for you. That's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, um, I really like how you defined it about, you know, like being aware of your thoughts and how they influence you. It made me think of, um, you and I are both entrepreneurs. Um, and oh my gosh, there's so much, um, there's so much mindset stuff and, and, um, I've seen so many of my own thoughts, um, come up around like what I can do and what I can't do. And, um, if I didn't, I feel like if I didn't have a mindfulness practice, it would be much harder to be, to work for myself because there's a lot of just like negative thought patterns, um, built in. There's a lot of chatter and yeah. I mean, the chatter gets overwhelming and there may be good, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> there may be good chatter, but there's always mm-hmm. a mix of negative chatter. And I think one thing that's really good about mindfulness is once you become aware of the chatter, first and foremost, because it can just be running in the background and you don't realize what's happening, but you, you become aware of the chatter, but then you can become, um, then you can 
decipher the chatter. You can kind of compartmentalize the chatter. Like, are these thoughts my thoughts? Or are there thoughts that are being adopted by someone else, you know, that I've adopted from someone else or from what social media and society are telling me? And if these are my thoughts, where where did I get these thoughts from? You know, did it stem from childhood trauma? Did it stem from low self-esteem or self-worth? You know, you get to be aware of the thoughts and then get to the root of the thoughts and decide which ones you want to stay and which ones you want to release. Mm-hmm. Um, or which one you want to kind of reframe. So I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day and she was talking about getting in shape and and, um, being more, uh, she was talking about getting in shape and getting her body back to the way that it used to be. And I told her, you know, you really should learn to love your body and who you are as it is right now. And she said, it's really difficult to do that because all I'm thinking about is, you know, getting back to, you know, the way it was before. And we had the long short of the conversation was she was like, you're right. I should get used to my body the way it is now. And I said, what you could say is I should get used to loving my body the way it is now. So being mindful of the way you speak to yourself is helpful you know she's saying I should just get used to my body the way it is and when you think of the connotation of that you think of like uh I'll settle (laughs) you know it kind of sounds like I'll settle and be okay with it but when you say to yourself I'm going to love my body for the way it is you think of love and think of what is love is love kind is it patient is it graceful you know all of those kind of things come along with it so you replace the words that are floating around in your mind mind and that informs the way you proceed. Yes. Oh, I love that example. Thank you so much. Um, ooh. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the benefits of mindfulness that you've experienced with your own practice. I feel like you did like touch on some of those, but um if you can expand it all, um you know, on, on your own experience of the benefits? Um, the benefits of mindfulness for me have given me a great deal of confidence and my ability to navigate and overcome um, daily obstacles, daily tasks and emotions that come up yeah. um, because, and it's taken practice. So one thing that should be noted is when you begin mindfulness practices, it is a practice Mm -hmm. and you want to practice it consistently so that it becomes something that's natural or second nature for you. So when you're going about your day, it just kind of pops up and helps you out. And in the beginning, you have to be intentional. So in the beginning, I had to go and I, I sought out meditations that were specifically for mindfulness I sought out journals and practices Mm -hmm. that were you know dedicated to being mindful and after doing that consistently I started showing it it started showing up in my life so let's say I was driving down the road you know trying to get to the grocery store and as an entrepreneur I'm thinking I need to make connections with these people. I need to launch this product. I'm not even qualified for this product. Like, why are they going to buy this for me? Because I don't even have the credentials. You know, I don't have the money. All the things are running in my mind. 
And the benefit of the mindfulness practice is I'm driving and these thoughts are running. And then there's something that's like, hey, those thoughts are not healthy. They're not helpful. They're not conducive for what you're trying to achieve. Let's stop that and redirect the thoughts. The thoughts now are refocused on, you know, yes, I need to launch this product. What can I do to make sure that I launch this within a specific time? You know, it's not even necessarily an immediate solution, but being able to stop and think, if I can just put the plan in place, then the likelihood of me being successful is greater. You know, I don't have credentials. Well, it's okay that you don't have credentials because people relate to your story and you have a story to tell and they're willing to pay for that if it relates to something that they've experienced. You know, so just having those kind of inner conversations with yourself to redirect those thoughts, um, help you be more calm and confident with how you're perce- proceeding. Um, and it gives you a little bit more cushion, a, a little bit more grace with yourself um, mm-hmm. instead of just, oh my God, I have to go, go, go. Nobody's going to do this. Everything's going to be terrible. And you feel good just in the act of being able to turn those thoughts around. Like it's not even necessarily the result that comes from what you're planning to do, you get that good feeling for saying, man, I'm so glad I was able to recognize those thoughts and stop them and redirect them. And you get to celebrate that. And that's what I really enjoy about it. That's such a good point. I think um, I, I totally have that experience too, where it's just like, I get excited when I catch myself in that loop and can just kind of be like, oh no, let's phrase it this way. And it it has that like immediate impact yeah. on, on my, like you said, confidence and self-esteem and um, yeah, love it. Thank you. Yeah. It's like that immediate gratification that you're looking for. Like, obviously you want to be able to launch your product or whatever and feel immediately gratified. And that may not necessarily be the case, but you get to get the immediate gratification regardless because of the work, the inner work that you're doing with yourself. And you get to recognize that as growth as a victory, you know, and those things compel you to keep moving forward. And, you know, it's all a snowball effect. Yes. Thank you. Um, Now you have three little girls, three children. um, And, you know, I think lots of my listeners are caretakers, um, you know, caregivers, either parents or maybe helping out their own parents or spouses, all kinds of ways. So, I would love to hear about how mindfulness has fit into your parenting style and practice. Yes. Um, I mean, it's pretty much the same with every role that I play. Like it does help give me like that cushion of grace because as a parent that truly cares about doing the best that you can for your children, you can be really hard on yourself. (laughs) You know, you're like, oh man, I failed at this. I'm not hitting all the marks here. You know, my kids are going to hate me and I'm not living up to this expectation that I have for myself. And um, again, when you're being mindful about those thoughts, you realize that you're basing those thoughts or receiving those opinions and feelings from maybe something that you've perceived outside, you know, from Mm -hmm. social media, from the parenting magazines and the parenting gurus, television shows, whatever it is. Um, and you realize that those sources may be unrealistic, you know, are most likely unrealistic. 
you realize they're not showing the whole picture. They're just showing you the pretty side of things. And you begin to realize that you need to give yourself grace because at the end of the day, you're human. The perfection that you're seeking is impossible. It just is, you know, but you can take solace in knowing that you are doing the best that you can. And that's what you want to be rolling around in your mind. You know, when you have those thoughts where you have that panic, like, oh, I'm not being a great mom. You're thinking, oh, no, no, no. It's not that I'm not being a great mom. It's that I'm doing the best that I can. And even though my intention means, well, the impact is beyond my control. You know, I have no control on how my impact uh, or how my intention impacts others. So if my children don't receive what I'm doing the way that I intend it to be, my mindfulness allows me to say, hey, you did the best you could. You know, you need to cling to that. You need to ruminate on that thought and not what happened after you did the best that you could that might have been a disaster. <laughs> um, so that helps you as a parent not beat yourself up so much. But then also just in interacting with your children in general. I have three daughters and they are very active, very vocal, outspoken, strong-willed children, like very opinionated. And um, in my upbringing, that would that would not be even thought of. Like if I breathed the wrong way, you know, it was like danger, <laughs> danger zone. So it's triggering. It can be triggering when you're faced with things that, you know, that you experienced in your, your childhood differently. Um, but my mindfulness allows me to have like a pause before I respond or so it gives me that cushion to like think. I'm, I'm intentionally tr trying to be mindful. So it gives me kind of a cushion in how I decide to communicate with them. So my mindfulness says, stop and think about the situation. And in doing that, I'm able to respond to them rather than react mm -hmm. to them. Because <laughs> the first thought is reaction. And the reaction is normally never positive. It's like, <laughs> why would you say that? What is wrong with you? You know, are you yelling and angry? And my mindfulness practice allows me to say, wait a minute, slow down, take a breath, you know, breathe in, breathe out. And it may be that I am so triggered that I can't even say anything and I choose to walk away. And even though that may not be the best choice, it's the better choice, you know, mm -hmm. like better than yelling and, you know, all the things, the better choice is I can walk away and come back to this so that I can respond rather than react. Yeah. So that's helpful. And then for my kids, when I see them struggling with their thought process and how they're processing things where, you know, an older sister might say your face is ugly or something like that, <laughs> you know, just being a typical older sister, you can, you know, go to the middle child and be like, you know, is your face ugly? Do you feel that your face is ugly? Is this true or not? You know, and they don't have the ability to process the thought that way. But when you talk to them that way, especially at that age, it gives them a kind of guide to start building that, that process as they're growing. They'll think, mom asked me, you know, wait a minute, sister said my face is ugly, but really I know I'm beautiful, you know, just because she said it doesn't make it true, you know, or just, you know, maybe it still hurt my feelings because feelings are real, but that doesn't mean that 
you know, my whole day is ruined or, you know, just giving them the opportunity to think and hopefully it sticks so that they can grow up with the mindfulness and not have to do so much work when they get older. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, I love that you're passing it on to the next generation, like that they're growing up with those skills and I think it will make it easier on them as they, as they get older. I'm trying, I will say it's not, I mean, it's not a hundred percent. I don't, I'm not mindful all the time. So, you know, again, that's where the grace comes in. (laughs) So, yeah. Yes. Um, I love your, I love your framing of it, of, um, this cushion of grace and also this idea of we're just trying to do better. It mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not the best choice, but a, the better, better choice. Yes. Yeah. That's, I, I had this discussion with my aunt because she was very, um, she was a, a good portion of, um, what's the word? She was, part of the the village that raised me you know Mm -hmm. between my mom and my Mm -hmm. aunt they were the two main sources I had raising me and we discussed how you know they did the best they could for me so that I could be here and now it's my job to do better than them you know as a parent so that they can be better so really the goal is not to be the best not to be perfect but again just choose Mm -hmm. what's better and mindfulness helps you feel comfortable and confident with doing that and being okay with this is not perfect this is not the best but it is certainly better and as long as I can continue to do that then you know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing (laughs) yeah yeah um so just a couple more things um you do you have some apps or tools that you recommend for helping folks out with the mindfulness? Yes. So my favorite app right now is Insight Timer and you can download it for free. They have a pro option. I think it's like $59.99 a year and I'm not, you know, affiliated with them or anything like that, but I use that app faithfully and I like it because it gives you a little thing where it lets you know how many days you've done it consecutively and you can bookmark your favorite apps um, or your favorite meditations, but they don't just offer meditation. They have meditation, they have talks, podcasts, they have um, some videos, yoga practices. So it's a variety of things all on the one app that you can just kind of pick what fits best for you. So like they have anywhere from three minutes to 45 minutes, you know, you can filter it by topic. So if you're looking for stress, anxiety, sleep, mindfulness, Mm -hmm. you can filter the practices. There are playlists specifically for those topics too. So if you don't want to do all the searching to find what's best for you, you can just find a playlist and I would recommend doing that if you're trying to start, find a playlist and just use one of the practices or meditations daily, you know, just daily. And for me, it's hard to meditate or do things like that when you have three kids. And so you have to be intentional about when and where you're going to do it. And I shared on my social media a while ago that like, I even just meditate in the shower. (laughs) I I can play the app, you know, loud enough on my phone so that I can hear it while I'm in the shower and just do it there. So I love that. And then um, the other app that I use is Artful Agenda. 
it helps me be mindful in determining like, you know, when to schedule things and how to schedule things so that I'm not overbooked and overwhelmed. Um, it's basically a planner on your phone. It's the same, not the same layout, but it's a very similar layout to a planner. Um, it has the days, the weeks, the months, the hours. It has a to-do list, um, like a priority to-do list, and a, I just want to do these things do list, and a note section. And I use it because as, as desperately as I want to be organized and want to be a planner, it is so difficult for me to remember to take the actual planner with me <laughs> when I'm going places. It's like, I'll be at my desk and write it all down in my planner, but then I'll get somewhere and be like, you know what? I left my planner at home. So I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing at 1030 on Tuesday. <laughs> so, um, it helps me be mindful of, you know, my time and my goals and getting to check it off. Like the to-do list have actually, you know, things where you can check it off and you get to see it get crossed out and things like that. All of those kind of things help me um, feel good about myself, really, you yeah. know, and when you're doing those kind of things that help you, the little things that help you feel good about yourself you're even more encouraged to continue showing up doing those things. So um, those are my two favorite apps right now that I'm using because they are, they're helpful, but they also give you like a little instant gratification because you get to see, oh, I've meditated for 30 consecutive days, you know, or seven days out of the week. And, or I crossed off all these things off my list. Mm -hmm. And if you don't cross it off, it'll just roll over. So you don't have to worry about, you know, rewriting it and all of that. So I like that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those. I have only ever used the free version of Insight Timer and I love it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it is great. And I will check out Artful Agenda. I think, I think you bring up such a good point and people don't always um, think about the importance of like, mindfully scheduling your time, you know, and that's, that's how you can find those little pockets of time where you can do yeah. a little practice. Um, and so great to just have it on your phone. You can definitely, and, and it helps you, like you said, you can definitely schedule mindfulness, you know, and I, like, like I said before, being consistent is really what matters more than anything. Like in the beginning, it honestly doesn't even matter what you get from it. You might do a meditation and feel like you got nothing from it. But being consistent is creating that habit of mindfulness. That's what really matters. Because once you have the habit, then you can focus on like really getting into the depths of it, you know, and being more specific and realizing, you know, at the end of the day, I really need to focus on gratitude. So I'm going to do, you know, today I did this, this, and this, I checked this off of my list. I need to focus on gratitude. So when I do my mindfulness practice, I'm going to look on insight timer and find a gratitude practice. I have 15 minutes. I'll find a 15 minute gratitude practice. I'll <laughs> schedule it at this time and get it done. You know, yeah. so, um, it helps you organize your thoughts and combat that overwhelm. And when you do that, it's a lot easier to be mindful and be aware of your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Thank you. Um, to close, people can find you on 
Instagram and YouTube. Are you also on the TikTok? I feel like. No. I am on TikTok. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Okay. Um, and I will, I'll link in the show notes, but um, Mother Mellows is your yes. name, correct? I love that. Yes. 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 Um, it's Mother Mellows and um, it's Mother Mellows all across board, TikTok, Instagram, face, uh, not Facebook, but YouTube. So yeah. you don't have to. <laughs> Great. And I love following Chelsea on Instagram. She posts great little videos of like practicing amongst, you know, real life and yeah. having, <laughs> having kids. So, um, yeah, I really, yeah. I appreciate your posts. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It definitely is my intention to be as authentic as possible on my pages, because I think everybody just has this idea that you need to have the studio, you need to have the time and you need to shoo the kids away and all the things to make it work. And the reality is, if you try to do all of that for mindfulness, meditation, and yoga, you won't get to really reap the benefit because you'll be frustrated <laughs> that you had to do all of that to even get there in the first place. Um, it's just so much easier to get to weave those things into your life. And, and the people that are involved or getting to witness it are encouraged to do the same. You know, so not yeah. only are you doing something good for yourself, but you're you're gifting something to others as well. Yeah. Aw, wonderful. Um, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really lovely to chat with you. I'm so glad I had the opportunity. Thank you so much for inviting me. Friends, thank you so much for listening to Swimming and Singing. Links and contact information can be found in the show notes and on my website, where you'll also find that free guide to creating a yoga habit for exhausted perfectionists. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast. If you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to celebrate the upcoming solstice with some rejuvenating relaxation and reflection, check out the link to join us. This practice is for everyone and could even be done entirely in bed. Until next time, keep swimming and keep singing.